0: From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years.
1: Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism. Hi, I'm your co-host Jared J. B. Boyd. Pat handed the reins over to me this week, and we'll be missing her until she returns from much needed rest and relaxation. But this week on Bill Street Caravan, we have a star studded lineup, joined together for an important cause to defend the integrity of Memphis' drinking water. Grammy nominated blues man Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame, here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another installment of the Bill Street Caravan, where we'll be celebrating a beloved facet of life in Memphis that many who visited, read, or simply heard about our city may not know much about, our drinking water, and specifically, the aquifer that makes it all possible. Maria Moldauer, Ruthie Foster, Dom Flemmons, Doug McLeod, and longtime close friend of the show Guy Davis all got together for one night in Memphis to sing, play, and raise money to make sure that our water remains a fresh, suitable source of life in our community. The event was produced by Bruce Newman as a part of his annual Acoustic Sunday Live Concert Series, which has been going on for well over a decade in Memphis. But for the second year, he's donated his proceeds to local conservation group Protect Our Aquifer, The group is essentially made up of an informal collective of concerned citizens who've decided to keep a keen eye on legislation and industry that might compromise our local drinking water while pulling the resources together to spread awareness about our aquifer and teaching other citizens constructive ways to make sure their voice is heard on similar matters that affect public health. The organization was founded in 2016 by music producer Ward Archer, who runs Memphis' Archer Records as well as Music Plus Arts Studio. It began as a task force among members of the Tennessee Sierra Club, but has spun off into its own organization with enough interest to pull the astounding talents that we'll hear on the show today. That's where Bruce Newman comes in. An entertainment lawyer and husband of Blues Foundation CEO Barbara Newman, Bruce is without question a patron of the arts, with his finger on the pulse of blues and folk. Reaching out to some of his famous friends, he was able to help his pal Ward program a second year of music performed by artists who truly have a deep affinity for the cause. Maria Moldauer told local reporter Alex Green of the Memphis Flyer prior to the show that she feels like pitching in for efforts such as these aren't the same as making a political stand. Instead, she said, taking a stance on water rights is a human issue, regardless of your personal political affiliations. She says it's a community issue, not a partisan issue. In the conversations I had with Archer and Newman before the evening, they shared similar sentiments. And I'd have to say that I totally agree. Ward even said that he's looking for newer causes beyond our local water source to activate programming around and energize community support for under the Protect Our Aquifer banner. And whether you can agree on this cause or any of them in the future, I'm sure if you listen to the Beale Street Caravan, you could definitely rally around good music. And for that, we'll jump right on into this show. Performed at First Congregational Church here in Memphis, Tennessee, live on Bill Street Caravan.
2: Now when I woke up this morning, had me a big surprise. Out looking at the same old world. But I seen with brand new eyes, and now I wonder what took me so long to see what's right instead of what's wrong. You wanna know why? I didn't have no brand new eyes. So if you want and you need some peace of mind, I'd like you to hear. Few words I prescribe, thinking all you need get some brand new eyes. And I think worry is a waste of time. Just the ration sitting on your mind that ain't no lie. Oh, I got my brand new eyes. Gonna come from wrong, but you keep on stepping, you travel on. Ain't no life. Yes, I'm using my brand new eye. So, if you want and you need some peace of mind, I'd like you to hear all these words I prescribe. Thinking all you need, all you need to get some brand new eyes. I see love everywhere I go. It always been there, never saw it before. I think you know why. Wouldn't you know, brand new eye? So I got a handle uh, on simple truth. How you see life? How life see you? That ain't no lie. Yes, I got my brand new eye. So if you want. Um, Peace of mind. gentlemen, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. It's been a pleasure to play for you. I mean it. I really mean it. Yeah! Thank you so much. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Certainly do
3: I started off with little sister Rosetta Thar. music in the air, up above my head, I hear music in the air.
1: More from the Protect Our Aquifer benefit, live on Bill Street Caravan. I'm
4: going around the mountain, charming Betsy, going round the mountain to relief. If I never see you no Won't everything that you see? Last time I seen Tom and Betsy, she wearing that ball and chain. Yes, I'm going going around the mountain, Tom and Betsy, around the mountain to leave. If I never see her no more. Three times, take my babe, take me a bang, take me a bang, take me back bang. Well, my babe take me a bang? Cause I'm looking for that bullet of the town, looking for that bullet of the town. I'm looking for that bullet, that bullet can't be found. I'm looking for that bullet, aim it down.
1: Protect Our Aquifer live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the organization, visit them on ProtectOurAquifer.org. We'll be back with more music from the evening in just a bit.
0: Up next, Grammy nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes.
5: If you ever wondered how the blues became rock and roll, there's two words you need to know. Roy Brown. Lots of folks forgot about Roy Brown. They think the Stones dug Mighty Waters, the Beatles dug Howlin' Wolf, Elvis dug Big Boy Crud Up, and that's it. Nothing wrong with any of that. As far as truth goes, it's true. But rock and roll didn't travel that way. To feel where rock and roll came from, you got to walk in a blown-out pair of shoes resold with cardboard. That's what Roy Brown wore into New Orleans. He carried nothing but a song. It was all he had after hopping the red-eyed greyhound out of Galveston. When that hound pulled into the Crescent City, Roy checked the paper and saw that his idol was in town. Roy thought, if I ever get to be a blues singer, I'd like to be that guy. He's good and he knows it. He just takes charge. Roy picked up a brown paper sack, scribbling down the words to his song, and hoped Winoni Harris would buy it. He started hoofing on those cardboard soles from the bus terminal uptown and thought about his song. It first came to be as a jingle for the place Roy used to work in Galveston, Club Grenada, part cat house, part nightclub, part reefer store. Roy Brown sang with the house band, the Melodiers, mostly Sinatra and Bing. The lady who ran the Grenada asked him to do a ditty over the radio to advertise the place, make it sound fun. Roy had no problem inventing a colorful cast of characters. Sweet Lorraine, Sioux City Sue, Elder Brown, and Caledonia too. that partied at Club Grenada. After all, his mama's name was True Love Brown. Now, to cleverly explain what was going on, but in code he couldn't come right out and say reefer and playgirls. It came to him. I heard the news. There's good rockin' tonight. He sold the people of Galveston on the rockin' concept. They came to Club Grenada and rocked. Roy felt confident about that. Now would the same thing work for Wynoni Harris? Roy walked toward a building, three stories of gray stone, pink siding, and blurry cube windows, the Rainbow Room. He pushed through the door and saw Winoni sitting at the bar. Up close, Winoni looked every bit as flamboyant, brash, and dashing as he sounded on the jukebox. Winoni smoked and joked with the fans while a lump grew in Roy's throat. Roy just stood there on his cardboard soles, torn paper sack in hand. Winoni turned a gray eye toward him. What's this? I got a song, Roy said. Wynone flailed his arms Oh, not another one of these songs. Yes, I want you to hear it. Wynone walked off. Don't bother me, son. Roy folded up his sack and left. He wandered down the street toward the next club. It was 2.30 in the morning. Out of the dewdrop in, Roy heard a piano fire like a machine gun. And that meant only one thing, Cecil Gant. When Gant stepped off stage and lit up, he walked right into Roy, who threw the same pitch that sent Winoni Harris running. Gant was cool, though. Let me hear, he said. When Roy got through, Gant said, I gotta make a call. Hold on. A minute later, Gant called Roy to the payphone. Sing it, Gant said. For who? President Deluxe Records. Roy Brown uncorked his loudest good rocking tonight into the cigarette stinking receiver and after he finished, heard nothing. After what felt like forever, Mr. Deluxe cleared his throat. <clears> throat. Will you sing it once more? This time, Mr. Deluxe told Roy to get Gant back on the line. Gant heard the president say, Give him $50, don't let him out of your sight. Within weeks, Roy's new record blared out of every jukebox along Rampart Street. He caught on as artist-in-residence at Club Downbeat, where he shouted the blues until sunrise. He made ten bucks a night, had a room above the dance hall, and all the girls and blackberry wine he could handle. Not even Winoni Harris could ignore those results. Now, Wynone had to pay for the privilege to sing a song he could have owned for pocket change. Roy cut his good rockin' in mellow mode. He sang it in that Sinatra Bing swing from Galveston days. Hey, Winoni turned the heat up a little. Hoy, hoy, hoy,
2: hoy. Good rockin
5: now the two versions battled in Billboard magazine's top 15 and began a revolution. If Winoni wanted to jump Roy's claim, that was all right. But Roy thought he might just have to cop some of Winoni's style in return. Roy hit back with his record Mighty Mighty Man. Now he had attitude, rockin' lingo, and could outshout Wynone Harris himself. Well, I'm a mighty, mighty man. I'm young and Music World didn't quite know what to make of Roy's sound. Billboard described his rockin' blues shout sandwiched between some woolly jazz licks. One news story hollered, Roy Brown puts blues singing on a new kick. Roy sings the blues with a spiritual shouting rhythm. Roy put together a group called the Mighty Mighty Men and headed out on the chitlin' circuit. Their record smoked so hot, Mr. Good Rockin' and the Mighty Mighty Men played to packed houses from their home turf in New Orleans up to Beale Street in Memphis, all the way to the Crown Jewel. They stormed the Apollo in Harlem. Before the notoriously cold audience even knew what was happening, Tenor sax man Leroy Rankins swung out of the rafters onto the stage and the mighty, mighty men appeared all dressed in matching purple suits, blowing the roof off. That night, Leroy Rankins became known as Batman. Roy totally bypassed the MC and provided his own introduction. Good rockin', that's my name? They're gonna put my rock in the Hall of Fame. He swept through four suits per hour and lost 10 pounds a day working the Apollo. Roy's wife came to see the show for the first time. Afterwards, they sat in a cafe together. The waiter set down a tray of two whole chickens and two orders of fries. Roy's wife said, you know, I don't eat much. I doubt we each need our own chicken. He told her, you order what you want. That's for me. Roy and his mighty men rocked the circuit from the Apollo all the way down to Haney's Big House, a juke joint in Faraday, Louisiana. Two teenage cousins, born months apart, biked through the Faraday night searching for trouble. They stopped off at Haney's. Their uncle Lee owned the place. Both kids carried their uncle's name. But not even that could get Jimmy Lee Swagger and Jerry Lee Lewis admission to the Big House. Outside in the darkness, they could see beams of neon light glowing between the crack slats in the wall. They heard the PA spark and felt music and dancing vibrate the whole building. Haney's big house rocked. Jimmy Lee and Jerry Lee peeked through the windows. Liquor bottles stood tall behind the bar. Slot machines blinked. On stage, six men in purple suits jumped and kicked in time, while a guy hopped from the bar to a table wailing tenor sax. Consider their young minds blown. Many years down the road, after Roy and Batman and the rest of the Mighty Mighties had gone on, somebody asked Jerry Lee what he saw. It was like strolling through heaven, he said. Jerry Lee struggled with how to explain, same as Billboard did in the late 40s. It was like giving birth to a new music that people needed to hear, he said. But even this explanation fell short. Finally, it became clear. Rock and roll, Jerry Lee said. That's what it was. Roy Brown and his mighty, mighty men left Faraday and headed for a recording date in Dallas. They had toured for nearly a full solid year, rarely catching a night off. But they had their chemistry down. They knew exactly what drove crowds wild down to the note. In Dallas, they put it all on wax, the overpowering intensity of Batman swinging from the stage curtains, hands clapping like the devil's choir, and Roy chanting for the people to rock this joint, tear off the roof. Now, Roy was good, and he knew it. He just took charge. He'd never walk in cardboard soul shoes again. Roy rocked so strong and steady, White musicians only took six more years to catch on.
3: Well, I heard the news. That's good to rockin' tonight. Well, I
6: heard the news. That's good to rockin' tonight. I'm on the whole of my little baby as tired as I can.
0: Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now, you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website, or go to IListenToMemphis.com.
1: I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. I listen to Memphis.com.
0: AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com.
1: Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from Memphis Travel, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back and we've got music with a message today in support of an effort to keep Memphis' drinking water clean. Folks around here are certainly aware once they travel anywhere else that our clean, drinkable tap water is a unique resource for our city. A lot of folks come from places where they are used to relying on filters for their tap water or even having to avoid drinking tap water altogether. Specifically, Bruce Newman, who programmed this event, said he wants to keep Memphis from ending up in the sorts of heartbreaking headlines that Flint, Michigan has in recent years. Because our city sits atop a big old sand aquifer and our drinking water is extracted from it, surface level pollution has the potential to impact the taste and quality of our H2O. Protect Our Aquifer was formed initially to keep the Tennessee Valley Authority from using the aquifer to cool a power plant. The organization very quickly assisted in raising $5 million in that particular conflict. So the music is just a small piece that helps go a long way to keep folks around here safe. And while we're lucky to have such esteemed guests who are cognizant enough and kind enough to come sing for us, we're likely a lot more fortunate just to sip the good stuff, whether at home, work, school, or any public facility. Let's check back in with the music from Protect Our Aquifer's Annual Benefit, live on Bill Street Caravan.
7: If
5: you see my baby go, if you see my honey go, if you see my mama go. My sweetie gone. Baby went, honey went, mama went, sweetie went, baby
7: went. <laughs> <laughs>
5: why she walking or
7: riding?
5: Was she walking or
7: riding?
5: Walking or riding? Mm. She went <laughs> It's your baby whiskey,
7: it's
5: your baby water, you your baby whiskey. My baby, go get to see my honey, go get to see my mama, go get to see my sweetie, go baby, went honey, went mama, went sweetie, went baby, went.
7: He, 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 he.
6: Suicide. She said, Here's a tree with fruit, and it will make us wise. Eve said, Let's eat some fruit. The good Lord is gone. Adam said, Yes. Yeah. from that for tree adam said lord To Adam also said to Eve, You two have eaten fruit from that forbidden tree. Eve said, Lord, honey, you sure enough got that right. Yes, I ate that fruit. I'll eat it.
1: Archer, a man of of many uh, ventures through the years that you've been here in Memphis. You're you're not from here originally, are you? You are? Born and raised? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised. Awesome. And, uh, I mean, could you tell a bit about your story?
8: Well, a story I, I should tell is how I got interested in the aquifer. And this was in about the year 2000. I was approached by the Wolf River Conservancy about helping them raise money to save what I believe was 4,000 acres of property at the very beginning of the Wolf River. and It was called the Headwaters of the Wolf River, and it it had been purchased by a logging company, and they planned to clear-cut it, and that would have been a disaster for the Wolf River. And actually, I think it was 400 acres, not 4,000, but they wanted $4 million for it. That I do remember. And so... I agreed to help them. They took me on a tour of the headwaters of the Wolf River, and, and I went out to this place called Baker's Pond, which is where the spring is, and I was walking around the pond, and I asked the guide, I said, what's up with all this sand here? It's like the ground is sandy, and he said, oh, that's where the Memphis sand aquifer comes to the surface, and I said, what's that? And he explained the whole aquifer thing and that there was water under the ground. And I left there really kind of just, I couldn't get that off my mind. I came home and did a bunch of uh, research. And then I wound up writing a long form story for Memphis Magazine, which appeared in, I think 2004, about the aquifer. And it took me a year to write that story. And during that process, I interviewed every person to do with water in Memphis. Fast forward to 2016 and TVA was planning to use seven and a half million gallons of that water per day on the new plant. And that's when I got involved in trying to stop that. And we formed the group Protect Our Aquifer, which is a local nonprofit.
1: The first time we met was at an event where you were representing Protect Our Aquifer at, uh, I guess it was Cooper Young Festival. And the more that I've heard about it and the more that I've come to uh, respect what I understand is your message is that it's bigger than, you know, politics. How do you get that message out?
8: Well, we do a lot of public events and make speeches where we can. But the big story here is that we live in a city which gets all of its drinking water from an aquifer. And one of the great things about the aquifer is that the water in the aquifer, for the most part, is over 2,000 years old, which means it doesn't have a lot of contaminants in it that you find in other parts of the country. So we're just really lucky to have what we have, and I think going forward, it's going to be even more important, and it's going to attract people to the city. And you know what they say, there's, there's blues in that water. (laughs) Our fans
1: love blues and I'm almost certain that most people, even people who live here in the United States, or maybe even people who live here in Memphis, have no clue of this resource. Here in America, a lot of people when they think of water and they think of a water crisis, they think of course of Flint, Michigan and how do you bring some context from a situation like that?
8: Well, Flint certainly shows how bad it can get and how fast it can get bad. Again, what's different about us in Flint is that Flint gets its water from the surface, from the river, and that's totally different from us because we get all of our water from the ground uh, and it's 2,000 years old. That was also, I think, at the heart of the Flint case was some mismanagement in the delivery of the water from its source to the tap, which caused there to be lead in the water. But Flint was certainly a wake-up call for the whole country. But what's happening overseas is even more extreme. I remember, this is one story I'll tell in South Africa, you know, they were about to run out of water. And as part of that public campaign to let people know, they got established artists to come in to the studio and record a song that was two minutes long. And the idea was when you're taking a shower in the morning, you would start that song And by the time that song was over, you were supposed to be out of the shower with the water off. And I guess it worked because a big rainstorm came and things are better, but still in pretty dire straits down there. You
1: are a music man. And I know that before we sat down, you mentioned that uh, you wanted to talk about the water because that's your area of expertise in regards to this particular event and this particular evening. From where you sit, I mean, how
8: spectacular was it to have this special group of artists come to your aid. This is the second year that Bruce Newman has staged this event on behalf of Protect Our Aquifer. And I don't know how he does it, but he's able to get these artists to come to Memphis and to put on this concert. And it's such a great fit between music and artists. They seem to get environmental things way before others do and it's just a really special event and um, we are making plans to do it again next year and I'm hoping it'll be even bigger and better.
1: Could we talk a bit about the venue First Congo Church? might be a bit different from what people are uh, used to when it comes to a concert of this kind. How is the atmosphere and the energy in a space like that?
8: Well, the first Congo church, it's got a really beautiful dome ceiling, which makes for some nice natural, you know, reverb. And it's a real casual setting and that those of us in the audience are all sitting on the same level pretty much. And then the artist is about two or three feet up on a small stage. But it's just a real spiritual experience to have it there. And it's big, too. We could have fit a few more people in there, but we had, um, I believe we had four to 500 people there. So it's amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, War, thank you so much for coming and, and joining us on Bill Street Caravan. And thanks for sharing your story. And we hope to be at the concert next year. And, and until then, we're really pleased to, to be able to support
8: you in this cause. And thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, thanks to Bill Street Caravan.
1: Here's more from the Protect Our Aquifer Benefit. Live on Bill Street Caravan.
5: Back when prohibition was the law of the land. Politicians knew we didn't understand That drinking was the way that laws got made They got laid and bribes were paid When the white bootleggers got sent to jail Nobody couldn't come and go to head bail Except for Kokomo Kokomo Kid Talking about Kokomo Kokomo Kid When liquor got cut down the government almost shut down. They needed a bag man who looked like a rag man, who better than a black man to come serve the white man. His fat liquor a whole lot quicker than the white bootleggers could do. I'm talking about Kokomo. Kokomo Kid. My name's Kokomo. Kokomo Kid. Let me tell you about Annie Oakley. Dark-skinned mama got her very own drama come down from the mountain with the money that she counting for the governor Of a state down south on the bottom where I got him when I shot him in the foot Trying to keep a size 10 out of his mouth My name's Kokomo Kokomo Kid the governor was talking too much My name's Kokomo Kokomo Kid run get the shovel dig a hole dig a hole papa run get the shovel dig a hole in the ground i was living in the rough i was living on the tough i was lifting up the lid i was living off the grid but then they found me they want to use my skills gave me money so i could pay my bills they call me kokomo kokomo kid you can call me kokomo kokomo kid Washington insiders want drugs and sex It ain't about who's rich, but who connects You gotta know the ropes and who to go to Who did your favors and who do you owe to Office to office, I can hack your email Find out if you like male or female I keep secrets if you say so But everybody knows you got to pay more To Kokomo Kokomo Kid, give your credit card information To Kokomo Kokomo Kid. Well, I've calmed all of Washington's fears. I've kept the Supreme Court high for years. You got governors, senators, even representatives waiting for my drop-off, medicine for a bad cough. I got a meeting at three, got to bring Coke to the GOP. They call me Kokomo. Kokomo Kid, don't forget the DNC, too. They call me Kokomo. Kokomo Kid. My name's Kokomo, Kokomo Kid. My name's Kokomo, Kokomo Kid. Thank you.
6: wait too long, daddy, your mama will be gone. With my rosy red garter, Ooh. pink hose on my feet. My turkey, red, blue, they got a rumble seat. Ooh, hurry home, sweet papa. Don't you take your time if you wait too long. Watch me go. Yeah. My wings are sprouted out. The preacher told me so. Hey. Hurry home, sweet hey. papa. Don't you take your time. If you wait too long.
1: evening at the Protect Our Aquifer benefit concert. And if you'd like to know more about their cause, visit them on protectouraquifer.org. A big thanks is in order once again to all the artists who took the time to sing in support of us here in Memphis. Some things are simply much bigger than music, and it's so fantastic that musicians understand
0: that and use their gifts to reinforce it. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism, for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible.
1: We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else.
0: You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use the hashtag IListenToMemphis.
1: Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com. And sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be
0: next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week. So until then, I'm Pat Mitchell Worley. And I'm Jared Boyd. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.